It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Bristol home match. My name's Alan Deegan, and on the line tonight, I've got Niall Shield back with us two weeks in a row. There you go, two in a row. How are you doing, Alan? I'm good, I'm good. And Lindley McKenzie's joined us again. Evening, guys. How are you? Okay, let's, before, as, as normal, let's let's kick straight into the, the um, press conference um, and hear what Jack Carty, who gets interviewed by Rob today, because William was unable to get that one done, um, followed by William interviewing, actually, William, Dave, interviewing Andy Frank. Jack, we've been all thinking a lot about the game at the weekend and we still are struggling to make exact sense of it. Could you start to do that for us maybe to begin with? I mean, it's, it's a really, really good result on the face of it from a conic perspective to be facing a side of that quality and to be taking a losing bonus point away from it. But I know you're a competitive sports athlete, so you cannot be happy uh, walking off that field when you had a chance to win it. Uh, yeah, I suppose it was kind of topsy-turvy at times because I know they went, I think it was 16 points ahead at one stage and you could probably get a sense at times that the, the result could have went one way and they could have pushed on, but I suppose it's a testament to ourselves. We didn't try to you know, force the play inside of our own um, DNC zone. We looked to continue to, to play in their half. Um, even when we were trailing from that with that amount of points. Um, and I think that probably paid dividends for us because, you know, he scored on the stroke at halftime and then uh, conceded early enough in the second half. But then we continue with our game plan. And, you know, I suppose the disappointing part was with, with I suppose, the clock in the red, the the line kick that I had that I couldn't stick it maybe closer to the to the try line to lad, for the lads to... Um, to get over them all, and then I suppose maybe just our shape in that last um, in that last phase was probably completely different to how we had done it for the whole match. I mean, how dominant we were in our collisions, the pace we played at, because um, up until that point, um, the momentum we had in our carries uh, and the hunger and aggression we had in our defence was uh, was something definitely that we'll be looking to build on. How big a game is this for you? What's the Pat Lamb factor in terms of how does that factor into it from your mindset? Uh, no different than the game of the weekend, to be honest. Um, I think if you get drawn into what it means and the people who are involved, you'll fundamentally or ultimately miss the actual point of the, what the game is, and that's to win. So, um, well, probably I know there's obviously a lot of external factors. John Mull will be a very good friend of mine, as would Nisi. And Pete and John and Aaron Mull, sorry, and Pat and Flaps. But um, to be honest, I'm I'm not really looking at that. Um, the earlier part of the week, I just really really want to to win, so we can go into the Christmas period with confidence, and then when we have the reverse fixtures, that we ultimately can qualify. Curious, uh, it's some massive contrast to go from an indoor arena in Paris to the sports ground in Galway. Uh, speak to me about. How that how you approach one week to the next? Uh, yeah, I suppose when we trained on Thursday, it was we were like kind of spoke about it. It was polar opposites on the spectrum in terms of what we were training and to what we were going to play. And and I suppose it's kind of difficult because you have sort of preconceived notions of what you want to actually do on the pitch, and then when I suppose it's wet, wet, wind, and rain, you can't uh, 
you can't sometimes practice that but I suppose the understanding what we knew what we wanted to do but then we didn't you know when the conditions were like what they were on Thursday last week we didn't try force it we actually just played the conditions so I think that'll be important probably could could be anything this week so I'd say our game plan will be probably something quite similar um and you know it's it was very very different um hopefully now um without putting pressure on on Willie and the people above we can get something uh, quite similar to to what it was like playing at the weekend because it was it was a joy to play and to be honest this is kind of a little bit of a deep thinking one as I get to a finish but uh is there are you in are you and is the team in a better place this week than they were last week going into this game after what you did at the weekend yeah i suppose maybe subconsciously people may have had questions um, themselves i know we spoke about belief a lot last week um and i think you know nervousness is a thing that we all kind of had going into the game but that kind of suppose shows that it it matters but I suppose when you're nervous, you have to, there's no point in dipping your toe into it and seeing what it's like because ultimately the game will pass you by. So I think what we did and what was really good at the weekend, you know, we, we kind of embraced it. We like went head on into it. And I think that's probably something we'll take from it. Um, as you said, kind of a lot of them young lads, that was their first experience of big games like that. Um, so now that's what we ultimately have to kind of build on from here on in. Jack, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, European rugby stats have you as the top tackler last weekend. I'm just wondering if you, what do you think you've brought to that aspect of your game that's different from, from say, a couple of years ago? And in some ways, is the notion that the softest area of a backline defence is the number 10, is that no longer, is that something that not you, not you, Specifically, but just in general, you feel is no longer applicable. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it was ten out of eleven. They, I was looking through this morning. Ten out of eleven collisions, but, um, you know, there's probably been a few, few games where even this season, um, go back to the Scarlets game. It probably wasn't something that I was, you know, too happy with. So, I suppose when it's kind of, it's kind of a hard one to put it. I suppose it. When you have big fellas running at you, um, you know I, I like when they try to run over you because it's it's quite easy when players put fo- footwork and stuff on you. It's a bit different, so I probably won't run read too much into that stat. And um, Pete Wilkins here in Connacht does a fantastic job on what we're actually trying to do defensively and makes it quite simple for us. And I think that it's pay- probably paid dividends in the last couple of weeks. Um, to answer your question in terms of it's the ten, I I still think probably yeah that's where teams. Um, look to go. It's probably the the smaller of all the the players in the team, so it, you know you can probably find yards easier there. But um, as long as I suppose I continue to be brave and to keep putting my body in front, I still think that um, it can be something that I can continue to get better at. Um, and it's ultimately for me, it's I suppose it's not about being clean or doing pretty, having it being pretty. It's about just kind of finishing the job and ensuring that I can kind of either have a dominant tackle um, or just to get your man down and we can kind of reset off our second phase. But um, yeah, it's a nice stat to have, but um, hopefully now that I can do the same again this week. I still haven't been able to make much sense of that game on on Sunday. So, so what have you picked out of it now? It's one of the oddest games of rugby I think I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, well, we lost it. By four points, uh, we we I thought we dominated the collisions. Um, I thought we dominated in terms of energy, and I thought I was just so proud of the way the blokes 
hung in there, but you're up against a, a very, very polished and, and quality racing side. Um, you saw what they did to our line out. You know, they were, they, they made that very, very tough. We made a couple of theirs tough too, but their more was dominant. Um, you know, they, they finish off their chances uh, and we knew if, if we could hang in there and be, be close to them with about 15 minutes to go, then we were a chance. So the Alex Wooden intercept put us within striking range and then we get the, the Connor Oliver try and uh, honestly sitting up there thinking, I think they've down tools here and we're a chance of sneaking over the top of them, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately. So it was a, it was a very odd game, mate. A lot of skill, um, both teams, I thought. Um, a lot of energy sp- spent um, and one that uh, we picked up a losing bonus point and wish it, wish it was a little bit more. Well, you've got the losing bonus point. Bristol um, got well beaten at home. So this, this, is, this is a shootout game on Sunday because whoever loses here is going to really be struggling um, to get any further in this season's Champions Cup, although other European stuff is available. Yeah, we're very aware of that. We, we had a, a team's call this morning, um, a, a virtual meeting there to, to preview or to review the weekend and then preview the upcoming game. And we said, listen, you know, we, you've got two teams searching for their first Champions Cup win, both teams with, with one uh, bonus point to their name. Um, Bristol for getting four tries, us for losing within, within seven. Um, and the beauty of that, though, fellas, they come to our house. So... Uh, yeah, both teams, it's it's a do or die for them and or for us both, and it should be a beauty. There's a lot of talk around this game. Uh, obviously, Pat Lamb, John Muldoon, other Connacht players coming back. Is that interfering at all with the way you're preparing for this or what credence do you give to that? No, absolutely none. We, we just said today, listen, this is, we're playing Bristol. We're not playing individuals, we're playing Bristol. So... Um, this is what they do. This is how we can nullify it. Uh, and now we, we, we're about to head out on the field in about 20 minutes or half an hour's time um, just to, to install that and, and to get the clarity around that. And then we'll continue to train that tomorrow and then Thursday, have a day off on, on Friday, have our game prep on Saturday and hopefully come out and execute that on Sunday. So no, 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 uh, no interference or noise around that at all. And on Sunday, maybe accuracy was an issue again. Um, I'm thinking of the Colton Delan. I don't know how he didn't quite score that. He probably hasn't worked out yet. That that try, a couple of small other errors. Can they be fixed in time? And is that the key uh, for Sunday in, in what will be very different conditions? An indoor stadium, the sports ground is not. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We... The last few weeks, um, our error rate and the weekend it was it was thirteen. We made thirteen uh, unforced errors um, to their seventeen. So we were actually better in that area of the of the of of, of the stats. Um, and we always aim for if we can get uh, less than fifteen, we're in a really good show, um, or we're, we're okay. If we're less than ten or ten or less, uh, we're actually in a really good spot. So our last uh, our, our previous two performances, we were ten. Um, 10 handling errors. So I'm actually quite comfy. We are going to get errors. You get that in a game of footy. And if you've got less than the opposition, um, that's always a good thing. So I'm not overly perturbed about that. Probably what hurt us more was our execution rate when we got into the 22 and what we call the A zone. Um, and we weren't as good as we, we needed to be. So uh, we need to sharpen that up 
um, to be Bristol this weekend. Do you face a dilemma in the sense that who do you start so that you have the energy from the beginning and who do you hold back to give you extra energy and to make an impact later on in the game when it, when players, in all probability, it'll be a heavy pitch and God alone knows what the weather will be? Yeah, no, we do. And it, it definitely comes into our thinking when we're selecting the team. And you know, I think what's important there, you don't want players to, or players certainly don't want to be um, just considered bouncers, blokes that come on and give energy. Um, you know, it's probably better than not being there at all, but everyone wants to start. So with every selection, team selection we do, we have a look at um, where, where we believe the team's at, uh, what we believe is the right 15 to start, and then who are the blokes that can come on and give us that energy and give us that that impetus that, that will hopefully either extend a lead or or, uh, or change the momentum and, and get us now into a lead. So there's a lot of thought goes into that. Uh, and what you correctly said there, what you saw on Sunday was... I thought to a man, all those blokes that came on, they were brilliant. Yeah, they gave us real energy and um, we nearly pulled it off. Okay, Niall, your thoughts on what was a pretty fascinating game on Sunday? What, yeah, how did you well, think we it? did or what are your feelings after all that? Oh, it was kind of, I suppose no more than anybody else thought you could have... Could have snuck a snuck a win there, um, you know, near near the end. Probably wouldn't have deserved it on the balance of the game, um, just for the uh, I think did they go over the line twice and were they pulled back twice for tries, but um, it was fascinating, serious fight shown by the game, um, and I just I remember thinking after that uh, last week was it last week or the week before the run about bouncers, the Connacht subs being um, yeah, bouncers week. and all that, and I just thought the lift that they would have got from all these young lads that arrived into the squad all of a sudden, you know, like Kean Prendergast coming on against, you know, the two was a two time European mm-hmm. what do they call them? Vice champions, I think they called them in on some French <laughs> uh, Google Translate gave me but the whole point of it, I suppose what I'm saying is just all all of a sudden you've all these guys that have picked it up a notch now and gone up an extra level. Yeah. So if Andy Friend and Jimmy and Nigel did have difficulty before this picking a squad now or picking the team they're going to have more now and so, this yeah. weekend will be fascinating they just need to back it up now that's the yeah yeah that's exactly what was my first thought after the game at the weekend Lindy you're we didn't get your thoughts at the weekend what does what what do you think now a couple of days later I saw I, I like everyone was probably went into that game wondering how on earth we were going to survive against against this particular team and you're always hoping that you know for some reason, European always bring European rugby always brings out the best in Connacht, and we always do lift our game for these matches. But it was a pleasant surprise, particularly in the second half, to to see Connacht come within that score. Now, I I remember when I was interviewing Andy Friend afterwards, he looked completely miserable on, on the Zoom call, and I kind of asked him the que- question, "God, you look." kind of kind of grumpy and then I thought maybe he's going to sort of say well you know you're not a professional rugby player you don't realize you know what we've lost <laughs> probably coming from the position whereby when you went when Connor went into that game nobody gave them a chance nobody they performed out of their skins they showed the potential that they had the talent that they had that they're a well-skilled well-trained group of professional rugby players and they came within a whisker of winning now I remember Andy Friend asking answering a question from uh from 
William that day about what he wanted, he'd be happy to achieve. I can't remember exactly, but one was that they gave 100%, two that they execute, three, there was a couple, about three things. Now he got all that, so despite he didn't get the win. And look, yes, we could have snucked it, but on the balance, I think that Connacht were in the sky try scoring position seven times in the first half and came away with one try. You know, it's that, I suppose it's that Yes, but, but, but to, to balance that, Lindley, in the second half, they got into our, our because Danny gave us the stats at the weekend, they got into our half seven times and only scored once as well. <laughs> um, the difference, I think, was that, you know, our lineup didn't function at all in the first half. But what I was really impressed by is that they fixed it and they fixed it on the fly. In the second half, Connacht won all their lineouts. People were complaining about the lineouts. They did fix it. Okay, maybe it shouldn't have gone wrong in the first place, but it did, and then they fixed it. And and you had a situation where, you know, much like Kieran Marmion, who hadn't played a whole lot, a heck of a lot of rugby, Dave Heffernan hadn't played a lot of rugby. And, you know, it takes a bit of time just to get back yourself back into it, and hopefully we won't have quite as many difficulties this weekend against Bristol. because Absolutely. You had new combinations as well, didn't we? There were new combinations in the second row, new combinations in, you know, back row, players missing. Um, totally understandable. And I think Andy Friend did mention in press conference today that the first thing the lads were talking about at halftime was how are we going to fix this line-out? How are we going to mm-hmm. fix it? And even after the match, they were still saying we've got to fix the line-out. I think that will probably be fixed um, by the Saturday, hopefully, against Bristol. Yes, yes, exactly. Because there's one of the other things, like we, we talk about uh, some of the stats, like Connacht had 64% possession and 68% territory for the whole game. It didn't seem like that at the time, but you know, you look, you look back at this and go, wow, we, we did really do really well. And we conceded only 12 turnovers to their 17. So like we were doing quite a lot right. And I think that was backed up by Andy today, talking about winning us winning 80% of the collisions, which mm. sort of blew me away. You're thinking, wait a minute, this is rassing. These guys are... Mm. The, you know, one of the top three best teams in Europe and we're blowing them away on their field. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you think, Pac? Do you think we're going to be able to back that up this week? We certainly can. There's, there's no, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that Connacht can back it up. Um, just hopefully we'll, we'll see it. I know it's, it's obviously what, um, what everybody's saying. Um, I think we can, you know, I think we can get at the, the Bristol line-out um, because I, I know, I think Brian Byrne, he has his struggles out of touch as well. Plus, our, like Kieran and Dave Heffernan and Bundy as well, they're going to have another week back with everybody else, which has to make a massive difference. I mean, you know, these are guys, I, I only thought, of, well, I know that I said last week, but they played so little rugby mm. over the mm. last God knows how long. And that's bound to have an effect on you, on your performance. It's bound to have an effect with the just the combinations that you get. Even even the lineouts on them, it was no there was it looked like there was very little that was going to that was going to fix the lineout, to be honest. I mean Yeah, plus, they, plus the fact that Rassing are known for their they are the top lineout operators in Europe. Oh, uh, without shadow of doubt. In actual fact, I was gonna go on to something else there. They like like we were saying about them on the the one eighty percent of the collisions and their tur- the turnovers and that they are, you know, they're renowned over the ball, Rassinger. air. Hmm. And, um, like, even I would say, uh, Jimmy, I think he's over that, you know, that side of the coaching for college. They still have a little bit to work on there, on the, on that score. But, like, mm-hmm. they, they were, they really were very good. Like, um, I think we can back it up, though, and I think we can we can certainly go back at it against Bristol. I think this, the, the opportunities are there. 
Um, yeah, exactly. Before we before we start talking about Bristol, just just one more thing, Lindley, from mm-hmm. from the press conference today. How we were worried about Sean Masters and that looked like an awful, looked like it could be an awful injury for him. The way he got his his leg trapped under him and his knee appeared to sort of go out of whack. What's the story today? Apparently, he's uh, walking around, no problem, and very hopeful that he will be back. Similarly, I think with Jared Butler, who went off for an HIA, but they're very hopeful that he will pass all the protocols. Yeah, so just before we, we start talking about Bristol, um, there was another major event happened in World Rugby this weekend, or this week, I, I can't remember what day it was, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday, I don't really care because it's three years until the competition happens, so why we have a Rugby World Cup draw three years before the event? You know, I saw someone saying they're getting excited about it, I, I how can you get excited about it? There's three Heineken Cups. There's three Six Nations to happen between them. There's there's three rugby championships to be run. Like there's so much to go on. I I I don't get it. I don't understand why you have a rugby World Cup draw three years before the competition. It just the mind boggles. Well, especially when not you know not all the not all the teams that have qualified, <laughs> uh, you know, they haven't qualified for it yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it's I think it's bizarre. No, it didn't stop me registering for tickets um, yesterday either. <laughs> to be honest, with you. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's bananas. What's the point? And the length of time it took to do it as well was was hilarious. In fairness, <laughs> I, th- I thought I thought that was magnificent. The length of time they took only the French could come up with something like that. Fair play. I think we'll just leave it there because I, I that's yeah, whatever. So. Of course, now we've got so many connections with Bristol. On the playing side, you've got Peter McCabe and Niadi Lokens winning Challenge Cup medals, getting themselves another contract this year. You've got Jake Heenan coming off the bench last weekend, um, you know, was a big player for us. People keep saying, oh, he didn't play that much. He played over 50 times for Connacht. And then, of course, in the coaching, you've got um, John Muldoon and, and uh, Conor McPhillips, not to mention the, the top man himself. So... What a lot of connections and what a disappointment that the stadium is going to be empty. And if there's nothing, like, we love our little stadium. We think it's fantastic. But when it's empty, it's it's missing the thing that it needs most, which is the fans. It's going to be so disappointing to have those guys come out to an empty stadium. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, the thing I'm nearly most sorry about is not getting to see uh, Randrandra in the flesh, um, who I think, and the same with... Bakatawa, hopefully, would you know he'd be he'll be back in in January. Um, to me, they're the two like best centres out. Mm-hmm. They're the two most exciting centres anyway out, out there in rugby at the minute. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. It was interesting, you know. Although I suppose the games would have gone the way everybody thought anyway. That um, the amount of away victories in the mm-hmm. Champions Cup. Uh, I think that's replicated across a lot of sports actually in the last um, since the pandemic started. So, um, but you know, it'd be yeah, great to see the guys coming back, send them into the away dressing room um, or dressing rooms, and uh, see see how they enjoy it in there. Um, but uh, you know, listen, it's the way it's the way sport is now. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what 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 happens during the game and uh, and after. Yeah, yeah, especially someone like like Nee who scores one of to me one of the best tries of a in a final of all time in in rugby. It was just one of the most amazing pieces of skill to do what he did. The speed, the skill, the ability to chip the ball over like that and catch it on the volley and get 
dive over it. And, and it was, I think it was the first time I'd actually even chipped a ball. <laughs> yeah, I think exactly. it was the first time. And I asked, I remember asking Pat Lamb about that afterwards. And he said he just told everyone to go out basically and enjoy themselves and to do what they felt comfortable with. And, you know, that's yeah, what absolutely. Happened. And, 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 you know, we, he didn't get a send off because it was COVID when he left, and and he's coming back, and he still won't get any sort of joy from the fans who who used to adore him. Like it's it's so it's so frustrating. Well, if you think about it, this is this this is the pre Christmas festive match. Mm. Always the mm. thing that sports ground is heaving, and everyone yeah. just loves Champions Cup rugby, and the fact that we're in, loves European rugby, but even more so Champions Cup rugby. So. I I do wonder how that is actually going to negate against the home advantage, and as you, and as you said, Packy, so many of the away matches. What were what? Sorry, so many of the teams were were the away teams who won over the weekend, which won over the weekend. So I do wonder how that is that the home advantage for Connacht is negated. We see the Scarlets come, and you know um, I think that was a good lesson actually because you know they they were the ones that were full of the energy and full of the chit chat and full of the you know the communications. We saw that it was much improved the following after that with Connacht. So I I do I do wonder what the effect is that that got that is going to be for Connacht. It'll be up to you know um, Connacht's backroom staff and whomever else to be. Hold up, hold it up for the game nearly as much as the team is, you know. Like, you know, that the game against Glasgow at the beginning of the year when uh, when Bundy came off, he, you know, when he was hammering the the, the mm. advertising horde, and, you know, that kind of this kind of crack, yeah. like, I know, it has to be a massive help for the yeah. away team. There, there must be that, it must give if you're the away team when there's no crowd there and you're traveling over, you must get that, that you know, sense of family a little bit, a little bit more, it might heighten it a little bit more or something that you get. And that you're all in this together. No, it's like you know, looking and so looking at Bristol, like they're they they had a, a bad defeat last weekend, and um, I don't think they were expecting. I don't think they were expecting that, and they certainly seem to took them a while to get out of the blocks. But then this is only their third year playing European Champions Cup, third time playing European Champions Cup rugby, and the last one was ten or twelve years ago. Um, but they are they are third in the Premiership. They came third in the Premiership last season. Um, they're third uh, in defenders beaten and third at making clean breaks so like they're going to be some threat what what would worry you most I think their biggest threat sadly won't be there um, he's out for this weekend I just saw it um, announced there earlier on um, they have a, an excellent 12 there uh, Piers O'Connor um, I think he's would you think he'd be Irish qualified but I think there's some there's some connection with Ireland I mean, whatever whatever way um, he's an excellent 12 but then again we have an ex- we have two excellent 12s at the moment at the moment, Tom Tom Daly's playing really well. Um, where else? Um, you know, the big pack, um, Luatua. Yeah, just that if it's wrong, Digo. Um, the back row of Stephen Luatua, he's a, he's a phenomenal player as well. Great guy. Whoever's playing full back to them, Jack knows every blade of grass in the sports ground. And I think he'll give them an introduction to, the, to most of them. So, um, you know, that's and that's what I'd be hoping for again. Um, you know, Jack did some wonderful kicking the last day, so I'll be hoping we do that again. Um, around out around that, they've lost. You know, they've a lot of power players as well. Um, Malins, uh, Max Malins, another player that's playing with them, and uh, of course, you've Kyle Sinclair as well. So I can't wait to see our loose heads going up against uh, going up against him, British and Irish line. Listen, they've lots of quality. There's no doubt about it. They've mm. oodles of quality, but um, you know, I, I think we do too. I think my biggest fear is is. 
Pat Lamb's the, the way he the way he plays his rugby, and we all know it's quite prescriptive, is that we don't we we're probably not privy to some of the moves that he's going to use in this you know and he and he does vary them quite a lot but my fear is with with pat lamb is that he will come up with a few new moves that haven't we we have they haven't been able to analyze and you know and he's very good at catching with the speed that they have with catching the defense out and i suppose that's probably my biggest fear okay and like you know we haven't we haven't really spoken about pat much but you know the one thing i suppose the legacy that was left after her winning that championship for me is always, and it still surprises me, is walking the prom these days. You don't see any other jerseys or jackets or hats if they're wearing, if someone's wearing um, rugby gear, it's either their local club here in, in Galway or in and around, or it's Connacht. And it's everywhere. There's just Connacht gear everywhere. It's a hell of a legacy to have left behind, considering what it used to be like. <laughs> you know, when you used to go training, I'm, I'm sure it was the same for you, Packy. You go out to you go out training, and the kids would be arriving with monster tops on, with Leinster tops on, Stade Francais or Racing or whatever. Whereas now, the kids are now coming out with their own province because there's a there's a, a culture left behind that yeah we are good enough and we are able to compete. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, you know. Uh, if it's it did leave that it was um and you know there's um what's more it's kind of um you know people still will talk about the pro trial victory and the legacy that left and you know what it's probably it was probably one of the bigger factors in um you know the stadium funding that was announced uh, there you know last year one thing we do have to say you know we do have to say i know i know what you're saying Lily, is that um Nigel and Jimmy and uh, the other guys there, they'll um, they'll have had four years working in the same for the same company, mm. if you want to call it that, mm. as, as Pat. So um, I, I'm ex- I don't know what I'm expecting at the weekend. It'll be it'll be funny in lots of ways um, because of the, their connections here. I, I'm really finding it kind of hard to call it in some ways. But I, I think I think we do have enough to win. No, we certainly do have enough to win, and I think we might. And Lily, what are you thinking? Are you are you hopeful that we could snatch the victory we need? Oh, absolutely! I, I, I do believe that. You know, um, I and I and I and I particularly think that last week's game has really, really sort of galvanised and sort of given Connacht um, real hope. And it was okay; they didn't win it, but. Man, oh man, what what a what a superb performance that was! And I think, especially for all those youngsters, you know, we don't know what the team is going to be. I mean, we don't know what the situation is with a couple of the injured players, or those who have been unavailable. Um, I think Alton uh, Dylan was absolutely amazing last weekend, and he really put his hand up. He's had difficult times in the past, but that game almost like certainly galvanised him into taking a leadership role, possibly that he hasn't been that he hasn't had before because you've had such good players from Quinn Roo and Gavin Thornbury. So I think that's, and I think Andy friend also said today it was difficult for him because he has a foot both in Irish camp and mm. the Connacht. I, I think Connacht have an, an extremely good opportunity. And remember, this is an opportunity that both teams have to win. Yes. The yep. odds are, if they don't win this game, they, they are out of the competition. Exactly. Presumably. Exactly. I think that's, so, that's, you know, yeah. And I look, I, I can't imagine Pat Lamb coming over here 
and of all would not want to lose, would not want to lose to Connacht. And of course, the, the man who wouldn't want to lose more than any other is our 327 capped, you know, Pro-14 most capped player in John Muldoon, an absolute and utter legend who would be, as Jack knows every blade of grass, I think John might know every blade of grass too and might be <laughs> giving a few hints to, to his players as well about how to play the ground. Well, that's it. That's it. That's true. I don't know if they'll be, if, if be able for it. Just what you're saying, uh, you know, what we're saying there too, Lindy, is that, you know, they shipped 51 points at home. Now, there's a bounce back from that because, you, you know, obviously they're, they're going to want to set the record straight if you want to call it that, um, uh, you know, against, they ship 51 points at home against a team that haven't been playing that well in France. Mm. And we're, we were up against, you know, um, European finalists and put in nearly snatched a victory. So there's, I suppose there's two different things happening. Connacht have now have to back this up and there's going to be, there has to be a bounce from Bristol. I mean, actually watch the tail end of the Bristol match and uh, after um Pat Lamb just, you know, he said that they're, you know, he'll be coming with a full squad. That might change in the meantime. And, you know, he'll famously say, no, that's obviously not the case. I'm coming with, the, you know, the players yeah. I wanted to bring. There's so many different, I won't even call them subplots, but there's so many different things here with uh, Mull, you know, especially above all else. Whatever about Pat's connection to Connacht, mm. Jesus, you know, Mull is, you know. I think it will be very emotional. I think it will be quite emotional for him, actually, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. Being in the away dressing room for the first yeah. time, coming and standing yeah. on the wrong, the left-hand side of the, where the yeah. players run onto the pitch rather than the right-hand side. Yeah, it's going to be something else. The advantages we are in Galway, whether there's crowd or no crowd, you know, the yeah. variables of, of, of uh, Galway weather, it's Galway. And, you know, now I know John Muldoon knows that, Pat Lamb mm-hmm. knows it, Conor McPhillip knows it, yes. you know, the three yeah. players know it, but the rest of the team doesn't know it, not until they're on that pitch. No, no. I was just looking at the, the long-range forecast at the moment. is showing winds, southwesterly winds, 15 to 30 kilometres an hour with a 60% chance of rain. So it looks like a standard night in the sports ground. <laughs> Any, anybody's game then? Yeah, absolutely. Anybody's game. Thanks, folks. Now here's William, as usual, with the results from last weekend and the upcoming fixtures for the current weekend. Not all of them because it's just too complicated, but just the ones that affect Connacht and the Irish teams. Results from the first weekend of the European Champions Cup and in Pool 2, we had Ulster 22, Toulouse 29, Bristol 38, Claremont Avern 51, Racing 92, 26, Connacht 22, and Munster 21, Harlequins 7. And in Pool 1, Montpellier 14, Leinster 35. And the second weekend of games has been thrown into a certain amount of confusion as there are two cancelled games in Pool 2, which is Connacht's Pool. Glasgow and Leon on Saturday the 19th of December is off and Toulouse versus the cup holders Exeter is off on Sunday. Exeter have COVID-19 cases in their camp. They played Glasgow last weekend who now have players self-isolating. In the matches that are still scheduled to go ahead, in Pool 1 on Saturday the 19th of December, Leinster versus Northampton, with a kickoff time of 1pm. And in Pool 2, Claremont Avern versus Munster, kicking off at 5.30pm on both those games on Saturday, December the 19th. 
on Sunday, December the 20th, 5.30pm at the Sports Ground, Connacht versus Bristol. We would like to thank all our patrons for their support in helping keeping the podcast going. If you would like to help ensure that we can keep providing the most comprehensive coverage of Connacht Rugby, you can go to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and for less than the price of a cup or a pint a month, hit the join button. You can also help spread the word about our podcast to anyone and everyone who has even the faintest interest in Connacht Rugby and ask them to have a listen. You can let us know what you think of our coverage by contacting us on our Twitter handle at craggyrugbypod or sending an email to craggyrugby at gmail.com. You can even go to craggyrugby.com to listen back to our catalogue of over 300 episodes that cover the last five plus seasons of the highs and lows of not only the Connacht men's professional team and the Eagles, but also the Connacht women's exploits in the Interpros. Remember, you can listen to us on all your favourite podcast players by asking Alexa or Siri to play Craggy Rugby Podcast. And we are now even on YouTube. Just search for Craggy Rugby. Cut it loose Break out or nothing changes so-